millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring, not live on podbean.com. Some technical issues. You may have started seeing the uh, live stream on the video earlier, and then it kind of decided that, yeah, things weren't going right. And I don't know if it was a, if it's a bandwidth issue because I'm on DSL. You know the old joke, DSL? Download sometime later. It's not great for doing live streams on, but it is what it is, and that's all that I has. So, yeah, the joys of living in the boondocks, you only have so much to work with. So, it, it came out that um, a certain lieutenant colonel who worked in the White House as part of the National Security Council, well, he has a new book coming out that I would love to discuss with you. In fact, I would love to discuss it with him. The odds of that happening are somewhere between never and the fiery lakes of hell completely freezing over. So, yes, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, Alexander Vindman, the the wonderful, wonderful human being that was um, a key role in the first Trump impeachment, you know, the whole Ukraine uh, phone call. That, oh, my God. He's trying to get them to do stuff. Trying to get them to investigate a political rival. Oh, my God. Well, completely ignoring the fact that, you know, the previous president had, I don't know, used our spy apparatus. Apparati. Apparatus. Whatever, to spy on a presidential campaign, but they're going to be all concerned about <gasps> he he's going to be trying to stop free and fair elections. Oh no! No, you look like an idiot. Yeah, it it really doesn't hold up very well on your behalf when you're doing that. So. Uh, Really, where do where where do I begin? Um, well, way back when, I mean, twenty nineteen. How old were you in twenty nineteen? Me, I was only like thirty five. So, I mean, I I really don't know what was going on. It's kind of a young and really couldn't make any sense of it. But you know, this is kind of where we were when. Uh, Colonel Vindman, I don't even know why I'm calling him Colonel. He's retired. Old Mr. Vindman, A-Dog, A-V, yo, what up? 
You know, he was called before Congress. But lay it out here. I'll play this with uh, Congressman uh, Devin Nunes. Benman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone outside the White House on July 25th or the 26th? And if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate U.S. government policy, interagency policy, and I spoke to two individuals with regards to um, providing a some some sort of readout of the call. Two individuals that were not in the White House. Not in the White House. Cleared U.S. government officials with a pro with a appropriate need to know. And what agencies uh, were these officials with? Department of State. Um, Department of State uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, who is responsible for the, uh, the, the portfolio uh, Eastern Europe, including Ukraine, and a individual from the office of uh, an individual in the intelligence community. All right, so I'm going to pause it right there. Right there, Colonel Venman is you know, sharing who that he, he shared this with. Because oh, we need a transcript. We need a transcript. Oh, my God, we need a transcript. Can you believe what Donald Trump just did on the phone call? We need the transcript. So he's, he's gone to, uh, you know, like he said, George Kent. And then an individual who shall not be named. Yes, that's right. He went to an unnamed source. Now, I'm getting ready to play when this picks back up is Adam Schiff. Stepping in and going, oh, no, no, no. Uh, there is no, no pressure on the witness to you know, potentially identify or make, make it easy for people to figure out who it is by saying, what agency? Because, oh, my gosh, what would happen if we figured out what that is? Well, again, this is a... Uh, Part of all the shenanigans that went down. So I'm going to let this continue to roll. This is a, uh, they like said, from the impeachment hearings. And this is, you know, courtesy, this is a PBS NewsHour, air, their version of it. And, you know, yeah, here we go. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, we don't want to use these it's proceedings. Our, it's our time, I know, Mr. Chair. But we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, if, please stop. All right, so we have, we have Shifty Schiff. There's so many names that are not PG-13 that I like to refer to this pencil neck, balloon head, goofy looking SOB as. Yeah, I really have to check myself before I just blurt it out because I don't want to have to put a language warning on this. But yeah, we have him right now. We must protect the whistleblower. Oh my gosh, it's the whistleblower. We must protect him. Uh-huh. All right, let this keep playing. I had to interject there. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness has a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower. Uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for, and I want to advise uh, the witness accordingly. 
Mr. Vindman, you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, Ranking member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you testified in the deposition that you did not know who the whistleblower was. Or is. I do not know who the whistleblower is. That is so how is it possible for you to name these people and then out the whistleblower? All right. So here we have Colonel Vindman stating under oath he does not know who the whistleblower is. Okay. But he, he just named, you know, George Kent over at state and an individual in one of the community apparatuses, but I can't say their name because, you know, I can't even say what, what, which one it was because we could find out who it was. Okay. Um, let's stop and let's slow your roll for just a second there chubby cheeks the the problem is that it's pretty easy to tell who the whistleblower is it's you now i i know it it seems kind of odd to, to come out and just say it like that but It's the only thing that makes sense. Here is a person who, you know, has some issues with the administration because he'd been written up as being bad at doing his job by, you know, the, his current boss on the NSC. He's been, and then, whereas, you know, the previous administration, oh my gosh, he... His OER gets a one out of one every time on his officer evaluation report because he is, like, this so good. Oh, my God. I cannot tell you how good he is. I, so, he's also been accused of being one of the many people leaking information to the media about the Trump White House and about the uh, things that are going on in the National Security Council. So, um, yeah, bro, I hate to tell you this, but all eyes are pointing at you right now. They, they are, period. And then I say right now, in 2019, almost two years ago, they were pointing at him. But let's go on, shall we? Per the advice of my counsel, I've, I've been advised not to answer specific questions about members of the intelligence community. This is, the, are you aware that this is the intelligence committee that's conducting an impeachment hearing? Of course I am. Wouldn't the appropriate place? <laughs> you, you, you know, the crowd is partisan, obviously. You have the pro-left, pro-right crowd. Um, do you realize this is the National Security Committee, the Intelligence Committee, Um, you, you can kind of talk to us because we have oversight on that stuff. It's what we do. And then you, know, you hear the people in the background <laughs> laughing at it. I mean, 
Uh, all right, back to the show. Place for you to come to to testify would be the Intelligence Committee about someone within the intelligence community. Ranking member, per the advice of my counsel and the instructions from the chairman, I've been advised not to provide any specifics on who I've spoken to with inside the intelligence community. What I can offer is that these were properly cleared individuals or was a properly cleared individual with a need to know. Well, this is, uh, I mean, you can really, you can plead the fifth, but you're here to answer questions and you're here under subpoena. Uh, so you can either answer the question or you can plead the fifth. Uh, excuse me, uh, on behalf of my client, we are uh, following the rule of the committee, the rule of the chair with regard to this issue. And this does not call for an answer that is invoking the fifth or any theoretical issue like that. We're following the ruling of the chair. What, Counselor, what ruling is that? Okay. If uh, I could interject, counsel is correct. Whistleblower has the right, statutory right to anonymity. These proceedings will not be used to out the whistleblower. And, and I've advised my client accordingly, and he's going to follow the ruling of the chair. If there's an alternative or you want to work something out with the chair, that's up to you, Mr. Nunes. Well, we've attempted. All right, so here we have Mr. Chubby Cheeks. I, I'm, I'm under advice of counsel. I'm not going to say that which, which uh, branch of uh, the intelligence community he works in because people figure it out. Okay. Now, keep in mind, the, the person that everyone laid the whistleblower claim at their, at their feet was the, the Charmella guy. I think I could say his name. It's been like two years. Hey. Hey, can, can I get a ruling? Can I get a ruling, YouTube? Can I say Charmella's name? Facebook, Twitter? I'm good? All right, cool. So, okay. I just got cleared. I'm good to say Charmella. But what if Charmella was not the guy? And the thing is, like we said, we have Vinman under oath before Congress stating that oh, I, I I don't know who it is I, I I I couldn't I couldn't possibly tell you okay um but let's go but we we've known for a long time that uh Adam Schiff knew who he was or Know who the whistleblower was. Because it came out that his office worked with the whistleblower to craft the complaint to where it would be just right, just perfect. That way it wouldn't it wouldn't upset anything. They'll definitely get it to go through and make an impeachment happen. Weird. That, you know, a sitting member of Congress who chairs, you know, one of the permanent committees in the House would work to make it, make sure it happened, huh? I, I, I may be one thing if he's like, okay, let's, we, 
let's investigate this. Let's go for the truth. Let's figure out, okay, was this happening? That's one thing. But it's incredibly, incredibly one-sided, and you know, it's it's loaded, pretty much. And, you know, this is... This was given to uh, AP by Chairman Adam Schiff, you know, after he uh, after Vindman had testified. Thank Colonel Vindman for his courage in coming forward, uh, his willingness to follow the law, to do his duty. Um, we have the greatest respect for his service to the country, a service that continues. Uh, and t- today took the form of uh, coming uh, before our committees to bravely uh, answer these questions. We hope that his example of patriotism uh, will be emulated by others. I want to say also how uh, deeply appalled I was at the pernicious attacks on him uh, last night on Fox. Uh, the suggestion that because he's of Ukrainian origin that he has some dual loyalty uh, this Purple Heart recipient deserved better than that scam. All right, so this is one of the things I absolutely hate. We 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 put our service members up on a pedestal that because they wear the uniform, because they've gotten this award, that award, the other award, that they're untouchable. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, that one Marine kid with the who won the Medal of Honor, who was in a domestic dispute with Bristol Palin. I'm pretty sure his Medal of Honor did not protect him from any of the crap that went down. Just because somebody has a uniform on does not mean they are infallible. This is one of those things we saw with uh, Tucker Carlson earlier this year when... Oh my God, he had the audacity, nay, the temerity, to attack people in uniform, to attack service members because he's a civilian. He, how dare he? How dare he question the valor and integrity of a member of the armed services? Oh, shut up. I have known lots of dirtbags in the military. Ask any veteran. Hey, uh, did you know any dirtbags when you were in the military? Guess what? They're going to say yes. They're there. You have the crap leaders who couldn't lead a platoon out of a wet paper bag with a map. You have people with unscrupulous ethics who somehow make it high up into the pantheon of leaders that we have to answer to. So because this guy has a combat infantryman badge and a purple heart, we're just automatically supposed to presume that he is of the utmost and absolute integrity. Excuse me, I think not. As a Christian, we believe that the nature of man is fallen, is fallible. That we are, even the most bestest people among us, 
Yes, I said most bestest on purpose. So I, I, I see you out there. See you doing Stop. Put the, put the keyboard down. Put that keyboard. No, don't you type that. Um, even the best people among us says in the Bible, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Now, if you would like me to get into what those filthy rags are, we will do it offline because it's kind of gross. Just saying. Not going to discuss it here. So, we know. You know, mankind is not... Oh, yeah, people are basically good, you know? Like, you know, the, you, if given the opportunity to help somebody else out or to, to look out for their own self-interest, man, they'll, they'll help out the other person. No, they won't! There's an old joke about the golden rule is do unto others before they do unto you. That, that sums up the nature of humanity. The nature of humanity doesn't really give a rat's furry butt about you. Nature of humanity is to look out for me and my own. But anywho, back to, you know, Congressman Schiff just slobbering away all over Colonel Vindman and uh, the whistleblower. attack. The president would love to punish the whistleblower. Um, the president's comments and actions have jeopardized the whistleblower's safety. Uh, the president's allies would like nothing better than to help the president out this whistleblower. Our committee will not be a part of that. Uh, we will not stand for that. Uh, and I would hope that more of my GOP colleagues throughout the Congress on both sides of the Capitol would express their support for whistleblowers who have the courage to come forward and expose wrongdoing. All right, so Adam Schiff doing all this gobbling, just, oh, you know, we have so much respect for you. Yeah, um, I, I don't really think you do. Um, and I know I've covered this way back when, you know, at the start of this whole podcast thing, and... You ask a lot of people on the right, the initial impeachment was a sham. It was a joke. It was a circus. A dog and pony show meant to give bread and circuses to the masses of the left because they sense blood in the water. And when sharks sense blood in the water, there's a feeding frenzy and they must be satisfied. Period. in the story. But now, fast forward. Well, almost two years, year and a half. And there's a new book being released by the name of Here, Right Matters. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, this is the, the memoirs of one Alexander Vindman looking back on the time where he heard the call. He sat in on it. Oh, my God. We got, um, this is an interview that he did um, on August 3rd. says a few days ago, before the time of this recording, where he's on ABC News discussing his book and discussing that particular moment. Now, keep in mind, I have allowed this to, is sitting about four minutes, four and a half minutes into 
the segment because it's like a 10 minute segment. And I know it's easy radio, it's easy podcasting. Just play the full news segment of him, blah, 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 blah. However, I'm not going to do that because I'm better than that. At least I think I am. I hope I am. Anywho's. They added up to the president. This could have been cronies looking to, to ingratiate themselves with the president. Giuliani, Sondland, all these other characters uh, were emerging. Mick Mulvaney, the president's chief of staff. But not until that, that phone call was it clear that the president was, was the driving force. And, of course, as soon as, uh, you know, having put all the pieces together, uh, I knew what my, my immediate uh, reaction needed to be, which was to report this to try to see if we could get, really get our relationship back on track. So the first thing he wanted to do was report it, almost like blowing the whistle. So wait, I, I, I thought a year and a half ago you said you weren't the whistleblower, that you didn't know who the whistleblower was. So if if that's the case, um, just a thought. Wouldn't that be perjury? Something punishable under the Uniform Code of Military Justice? And I know that that that's it's arcane that, oh, you'd bring up UCMJ. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is UCMJ Article 131. And this is a direct quote. A service member of the United States Armed Forces who was found to have lied while offering sworn testimony or while providing a written declaration or statement will be subject to conviction and sentencing under Article 131 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It's word for word. So, the, now, with, it comes out, USA Today has an article in the headline calling him the whistleblower. It's been been under several headlines and that whistleblower, Alexander Vindman. So wait, was, I thought he swore under oath that he wasn't it. Which, you know, we've seen this before, the, the guy anonymous who wrote the the Trump bashing book, and then after like two years of no one really knowing, really caring about it, I didn't sell a whole lot of books. I know I'll I'll reveal myself. Miles, what's his nuts? Comes out and says, "Yeah, I wrote the book. I wrote those pieces in the op in the Times." those op-eds that just lit Donald Trump on fire. And it, it comes out as, but who? Who are you? But now, here's Venman. He's not denying that he's the whistleblower. But he testified in Congress under oath that he doesn't know who it is. So here's my question. This is the big one that bothers me. Colonel Vindman, retired Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, if you knowingly swore an oath 
that you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. And you perjured yourself in front of Congress. The title of your book is Here, Right Matters. Does right matter when you subject, when you just say, you know what, screw right, the ends justify the means. If you're going Saul Alinsky, Colonel, and you don't give a damn about right, you want the guy you don't like kicked out of office. So you're going to lie to Congress. Or you're at least going to lie to a uh, to a Republican on that committee because oh, I don't want to face repercussions. Then right does not matter. Right doesn't mean a goddamn thing to you because you're throwing it out the window. To get in to get an ends and you will do what you have to. Here, right does not matter. Here, right is completely made up. It and all the points are useless. If you were in fact the whistleblower, admit it. And then the United States Army needs to recall your ass into service and you need to face punishment for perjuring yourself in front of Congress and engaging in conduct unbecoming of an officer of the United States military. Period. End of freaking story. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas? Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, so now that I've lost my mind, I'm just gonna take take a chill pill, take a breather, talk to the invisible people across the room like I did during the break. Um, so now that we have it, he's being called the whistleblower. He's 
not denying it anymore because he's not under oath in front of Congress. So shortly after all this happened, he decided that, you know what, I this is an important story in history to tell. Okay, that's debatable, but we'll, we'll look at it. We'll slow it. We'll take a look. Say, like, I want to write my story. I want to tell what happened when I did this. I want to tell what happened because I did this. Okay, understandable. You're not the first person to be part of something huge in you know national, you know in national uh, politics. Um, I'd like to apologize for all the thumping and banging going on. There's a cat. Yes, cats are being obnoxious. I have to deal with it. But, okay, but there's there's a channel you have to go through whenever you're doing, uh, whenever you work in government, especially at uh, high levels and especially in classified and really sensitive areas, you have to go get permission. You have to come in and say, okay, here's, here's what I want to write about. Here's the scope I'm going to cover. You know, is this good? Or even if you have it already pre-typed, you have a manuscript, you submit the manuscript and let them go through and, you know, the lawyers go, okay, that's good. That's fine. That's, oh, you to take that out. You can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. That's too sensitive. Leave it out. Okay. That's so, so that makes sense. You would expect that. From Congress, or from, I'm sorry, from Congress. You expect that from anybody. Well, well, what do you do if your twin brother is the senior legal counsel for the National Security Council? And he's the one you have to go through for the blessings to write a book. Huh. Almost sounds like it may be a conflict of interest. Just a thought, perhaps. So again, here, right, is irrelevant. Because, well, yeah, your brother, your twin brother, the first person that you ran to and told, oh my God, dude, Donald Trump was, like, on this phone call, and he, like, threatened to withhold funding and aid from Ukraine if they don't investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, man. The first person you run to is your brother. Which, contrary to popular belief, or at least your testimony before Congress where you said you went to George Kent and to a yet to be undisclosed, a yet to be disclosed person in one of the yet to be disclosed intelligence agencies. You went to your brother first, said, and you started gossiping. You told Congress that I went to these people and they were they were cleared with 
both need to know and, you know, the proper security clearance. Okay, did your brother have, I, I'm sure being on the National Security Council, he had a TSSCI clearance, top secret, secret compartmentalized information, TSSCI. I'm sure he had the clearance, but did he have the need to know? If your brother did not have the need to know, then you divulged classified sensitive information to someone who didn't have the need to hear it. So again, you potentially perjured yourself before Congress. You have potentially distributed classified information against, while going against uh, all federal laws concerning that. There's a second, which means that'd be a second perjury before Congress because you told them you went to George Kent and the undisclosed person. So we're up to three things. And on top of it, it, while it might not be a really bad technical law you violated, the ethics of, hey, bro, uh, I'm writing a book. Uh, you want to bless off on it, man? Holy crap. How were you an officer in my army? How are you a person who has earned that blue cord, that blue band around your fancy bus driver hat, the crossed rifles on your freaking collar? There's a reason why you really didn't have that many combat patrols, why you didn't have that many combat leadership opportunities. There's a reason why you have what? 12, 11, 12 ribbons on your uniform because <laughs> you were crap. I, I, I'm amazed that you even got them because I'm pretty sure that watching you walk into Congress with your bloated chubby cheeks, that you were in violation of height and weight. But I guess if you're... You know, working in the White House, you get some sort of executive privilege to uh, to not meet standards. Now, you see these oak leaves? They're silver. That means I can do what the hell I want. Please. There's a million and one things that you should be recalled into active duty for. Many of those should include conduct, unbecoming an officer, perjury, and whatever else a JAG officer and CID agent worth his weight in gold should be able to charge you with and prosecute you for. Because... And here's the crap thing, because here right matters. Here, 
it's, it's the two-tier justice system. This is a justice system where, well, yeah, yeah, I took a picture of my work area in a submarine. Well, not even of the work area, but think of a, like the birthing area. Took a picture inside of it. Didn't email it to anyone. Didn't save it and show it to his kid. We got off the boat at the end of the tour. No, no, no. Took the picture. Go, you know, crap. That that was probably a dumb idea. I'm going to delete the picture. That sailor got two years in prison for self-correcting a mistake. Yet, Colonel Vindman, he gets a book deal. Yeah, I, I, this is a crazy allegation. And this is like Alex Jones, they're turning the freaking frogs gay level conspiracy here. But let, let, let's just stop and think about this for one minute. Please, I ask you, ask you to stick with me for one minute on this. Only one. And then I'll go on. Is it possible that much like Hunter Biden selling a painting for $500,000 that my nine-year-old niece could have done with watercolors, and then that person magically having access to Joe Biden Or Hunter Biden being on the board of a Chinese nuclear company that has never built a working nuclear power plant, but they somehow have access to Vice President Joe Biden? Is it not possible that a lucrative book deal that will be snatched up by pretty much everyone with the leftist bent... Because, ah, Donald Trump! Yep, it's going to sell magically amongst the pedos over at the Lincoln Project. It's going to be marvelous sales with with them. Um, Is it not possible that maybe a book deal was granted about what, about this great story about how he brought down a president? Before coming forward, before making this deal, or before, you know, approaching George Kent and the unnamed person, is it possible that, hey, we you we know you hate Trump as much as we do, but hey, your brother will bless off on you writing a book if you'll be willing to come out in front of Congress and tell how bad the orange man is, that the Cheeto Jesus is this horrible, horrible fraud of a, of a president, you come out and do that and you'll get this, you know, we've already got the book deal lined out. We'll, ink, we'll have it inked, ready to go. All you have to do is be willing to testify in front of Congress. I, I know. 
That is very Alex Jones seeking the absolute worst in people. But people have done worse for far less. I mean, I was watching a show the other day about, um, you know, trial by media. The very first episode is the Jenny Jones murder, where, you know, two people, they come on, and one of them has a crush on this guy. And then it turns out the person with the crush on the guy is another guy. And it results in the murder of the surprise, I'm gay and I have a crush on you. That guy, that guy was murdered as a result of it. Like I said, people have done far worse for far less. But it's not beyond the realm of possibility that, again, this testimony before Congress, hey, we know you're probably going to be forced to retire and, you know, at the very least leave the White House, which, you know, he did end up having to retire and he did leave the White House. So we're going to make it really, really lucrative for you. I know it, it, it sounds awful. I, I, I don't want to think that, you know, we would have members of our, of my community who would sell out a president for a book deal that would sell out their country for a book deal. And then, even then, Venman's getting more than just a book deal. Uh, he was on MSNBC just in, just this morning. You know, we're not awake to these threats. What threats? The the white supremacists that are coming out of the woodwork now? All like five of them? Like, dude, they ain't got any teeth. I threatened I threatened to knock out the white supremacist teeth. They're already gone. They've been rotted away by the meth. I am of the opinion that Alexander Vindman sold out the army values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage for 30 pieces of silver, or in this case, a lucrative book deal, and Getting to flash your mug all over national television on MSNBC, NBC, ABC, everywhere they'll listen to you. I mean, it'd be hard to pass up. I really couldn't say I'd, I'd blame them for taking the money and running, but if, if ultimately that was why he did it, why was he ever in the military anyways? He, he had no principles. It was a job. It was a stepping stone. That's all it was to him. I've seen these guys in the military before. Ah, the military, are, the military servicemen and women are paragons of virtue. Yeah, that's why we had a dude transferred to our company 
within the battalion because he raped his roommate. Yes, you heard that right. He raped his roommate. And they they didn't have him have him in pre-trial confinement until they were ready for him to actually go to trial. So he was with our unit for like a whole year. And do you know what's like having to be in a situation where you know as a leader you're looking out for your troops and at the same time hoping that there's not a repeat of the allegations that are against this soldier and you can't you know purposely exclude them because oh that's retaliation man that's against the law The, the As much as people want to view the military as the paragons of virtue, these upstanding pillars of our community, these upstanding pillars of our government, the true defenders of freedom and the protectors of the Constitution, the people who ensure our republic has a future. If you want to put all of that on them, that's great. That's awesome. Unfortunately, you have to accept the fact that they're also people. These are people who are just as fallible. They have weaknesses. I don't know how many soldiers I've seen be kicked out because of drugs, get busted for DUIs, for domestic violence. There's, there's a million and one things that these paragons of virtue are not very virtuous about. Yet, they're upheld. Even in the absolute most crap situations where they're clearly not living up to everything they say they agreed to when they swore that oath. I'm just here to protect our democracy. Well, first of all, I don't know what you're protecting because we're not a damn democracy. We are a republic. Period. We are a constitutional republic who, yes, we do use democracy to select you know, our representatives in that representative republic type uh, government that we have. And they use democracy when when approving bills. All right, we're going to vote on it. Yeah, that's all true. That's all well and good. But we're not a democracy. The defenders of this republic, I think, have long ago forgotten what they have signed up for. They can say to their blue in the face, I do solemnly swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Blah, 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 so help me God. But because our history classes are failing us, those people who are taking that oath don't really understand what they are signing up to defend. They're not there to defend a president, a congressperson, 
a secretary, their mom or dad. They are there to protect and defend the Constitution. And when they go against the Constitution, that's the only crime that's spelled out in that document. And they're violating their oath, period, in the story. All right, so that's going to wrap it up this week. Woo, I, I seen, saw that uh, news breaking the other day, and I just, I was losing it. I had to get it off my chest. I had to talk about it. So, again, I apologize for this not being live on Podbean. Um, again, I can't control what happens with the interwebs. I apologize so sincerely. Um, but it is what it is, and it just sucks that I had to, deal with it um if you are listening to this on demand whether it be at relentlessdaring.com or your favorite uh pod app if you're listening to this on apple podcast please do me a favor go over there and hit that subscribe button that way you get notified every week when the new episode posts after that pardon me after that Hit the rate button. Give it five stars. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for five. Five. However, I will accept four or maybe even three. Three is negotiable. You better make it worth my while if you're only giving me three stars. After that, write a review. Say something generally nice. Just give, that way is it, you know, more people discover it. They read the reviews and, oh, you know, people generally like this guy. Except for that one. Don't know what his problem is, but he seems to not like him. But anywho's and the fourth thing I always ask every week, please be sure to share this podcast. Uh, just share it on social media. Uh, copy the link. Send it to a friend who you think will absolutely like this show. Send it to a friend who you think will hate this show and you just want to get under their skin and use me as a tool of irritation. I will be your irritable tool. Wait. Phrasing. Raising. Um, my bad. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, if you want to help keep this show going, if you go to relentlessdaring.com, at the top of the page, you will see a Donate Now button. You can click that sucker, and you can give me, you can give me uh, a donation right there on the spot. One time, boom, I did my part. Call it good. Or accept a monthly donation where it comes out automatically. Hey, all this goes into keeping all this wonderful stuff on the air for you. Um, you can also go check out the shop link. There's merch there. I haven't updated it in a while. I kind of need to go through and see what's there. See what, you know, figure out what my better sellers are. Maybe keep those. Kind of cold the herd a little bit. Yeah. You know, One of those things you got to do sometimes. Uh, Again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com.
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.